Very chic. Very chic. <laughs> on, on, on the chic and Mandy's hair look, I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, and to the people listening via audio. To check out Mandy Gunasaker's chic hair, go to Rumble. Search Ben Stein. Right up, and you will uh, uh, see a lot. And uh, I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to Ben Stein. And Benjamin Stein. Superstar of Rentacle. There you are. And uh, <laughs> of course, we are welcome tonight by our pal and our favorite person in the whole wide world. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Hello, Thank you, Judah. Thank east, you, Judah. Uh, I love you too. I love you too. East, east of the east of uh, the Mississippi. Uh, of the course, mighty Mississippi. Mandy Gunasakra from right, the great state of Mississippi. She's also part of the Heritage Foundation right now, working on the 2025 project. And God bless you. So, God bless so, you. so much more. Of course, she's the former number two at Trump's EPA, the number mm -hmm. 15 department, but still cabinet level material. That's I think still, it's very, very still kind of important. It's you know? very, very in any other world, Mandy, it's, it's, it's in any other it's world, Republicans are treated righteously. You have any job of your choosing in the world, in America at least, but because it's President Trump, you got kicked off the ballot in your own state. What? And, Wait a minute. What? Uh, what? I. I. What, what are you talking about? No, you remember ben, when she was running? You remember for, that? No, I, I don't remember that. I was running. Of course, I remember. We that. talked about it. You know, of course, I know I you don't. That. You remember everything. everything. And, no, I do it's not. Amazing. I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. I'm a poor old man, a poor retarded old man. <laughs> I'm a poor old man, a poor retarded old man. The only thing I have, and it's a very, very big thing, is wifey. And wifey happens to be the most valuable human being on the planet. Wifey has working for her a wonderful, wonderful young woman named Gemma. She is a nurse, and we love her beyond words. I don't. I don't think we. Could, we I literally don't think we could express how much we love her. There you are, and they are both. Although watching she right does now. have a very serious eating disorder, she will not eat any food that I cook. Hmm. True. Whereas almost everyone else in my uh, realm of friends is enthusiastic to have it, but uh, she's too good for us. <laughs> There you are. And there's a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, and of course, the show wouldn't be complete, of course, without the man that needs no introduction. He is an icon. He's an iconoclast. He is Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And in the latest, I, I just there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously. But right away, we have to get into this. Uh, I, I'm really so grateful for Mandy for bringing up on this show and teaching us about, especially me, about DEI and ESG and uh, diversity, equity and inclusion. And what we are witnessing with the Harvard uh, situation right now with Claudine Gay, and hence the title. Claudine is, Gay? What kind of name is that? Hence, is it even her real name? She's been accused of plagiarizing close to 50 times, at least at this time. And she only well, wrote a letter. Of, of course they would accuse her of that because she's black, right? Exactly. I mean, she's probably an exemplary scholar and person, and we, any one of us would be proud to call our friend. <laughs> She's because she's black, they call they they call her a plagiarist. 
she and, wrote and, she she wrote eleven papers, and most people in her position, I believe, the number is closer to fifteen hundred papers that you have to have uh, published to get in. She wrote eleven papers and played. And I, Ben, my question is: is the only thing that she wrote correctly her real name? And well, as a, my my point is fifteen people don't nobody writes fifteen hundred papers. Sorry, I don't know where you got that number from, but it, it's typical of your racism. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and and Mandy, the problem is they can't fire her, or if they do, they have to hire somebody. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. That's they, really really good. They have That's to really they have good. to hire somebody of equal or greater incompetence. No, yeah, no. That see that, that see that, that again. You hit that racist button, the dog whistle, as we call it, yeah. and you know, I, I think we know what's going on here. Judah Meyer Friedman. I think we know what's going on here. Exactly. Mandy? <laughs> yeah, what's going on is uh, this proliferation of DEI has allowed really unqualified people to be in positions of importance, and they are immensely unqualified for those positions. And we're seeing this play out in real time. It doesn't matter whether you're Black or white or whatever. Uh, it should be merit-based rise to the top and that ensures that the best most qualified people are in positions that actually matter but we're not seeing that which is one of the many reasons we're seeing a complete degradation of higher education especially at some of these ivy league schools that have prioritized so so-called yeah i think that's appropriate at this point um these so-called ivy league schools uh to just embarrass themselves over and over again and engage in absurd anti-semitic behavior and get away with that yes you yes you can't yes, fire the person exactly who's wearing right. the dei exactly crown right. you are exactly right and i would like to say if i may yet another reason why mandy i think you are destined for the oval office you are you are not afraid to call as you see them and you tell the truth and the truth is a very very scary weapon. It's truth can be used as an attack against unqualified people, or else it can be used as suicide by a nation. And the fact that uh, we take people who are blatantly, comically unqualified for the positions they hold and put them in top level positions and say that they're qualified because they're black, uh, that is a frightening, terrifying situation. And uh, I'm afraid it's not going to get any worse. In fact, I would, I would bet you. Uh, I don't have any money left to bet you, but I, if I had any money left, I would bet you. I actually got a little bit of money left. I would bet you that this is going to get worse before it gets better. It is a shocking, shameful, shameful, shameful thing. And I, and but I'm sorry to say that what she has done, what what Miss Gay has done is. And by the way, isn't it interesting that we go after her just because her name is Gay? Anyway, we, uh, it's kind of fascinating to me that, that uh, there seems to be a certain amount of plagiarism among black scholars generally. And uh, I mean, Mr., uh, I hate to say this because this man was a great man. I had the great honor of knowing him a little tiny bit himself, Mr. Don, Mr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., uh, he uh, was accused also of doing a certain amount of plagiarism. The fellow who wrote uh, that uh, uh, book or series that was made into a very, very, very big success as a uh, TV movie, uh, 
that was a plagiarized apparently. Uh, I I just I just think it's, it's something which is endemic among black so-called scholars, and it really is a shame, and it's, it's just awful. Now, but the worst, of course, is Mr. Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, who uh, wrote was supposed to write a paper about uh, some serious subject. He instead wrote a paper about his uh, memories of his father, uh, whom he had only met once for about five minutes. Uh, and uh, that was his contribution to scholarship about African-Americans or African-Africans. And uh, it's just a heart-rendering, heart-rendering situation that this is what it takes for Black people to be named to high positions in this country, which is to say nothing. Well said, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And uh, Mandy, uh, we are we are being uh, represented in our country by a, another famed plagiarist, uh, which is... <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought which, that up, Judah. Which is That's Mr. Robinette thinking. Biden, who... Uh, well, wait a minute. Do you think just because his name is... What does he have stand for? Finette is no, it's Vanessa. Robinette. Robinette. Robin. Mr. Rob, are you accusing Robinette of being a plagiarist? I, I, <laughs> a famous there, one. A famous one. A, a, a famous one. He he did it in law school, and I was reading what he wrote, Mandy. He wrote, and I'm going to mispronounce this word. He wrote, it wasn't malevolent. Is that? Uh, uh, yeah, that is correct. Malevolent, I, 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 yeah. Thank God. It wasn't malevolent. Uh, then he famously, uh, during his Dukakis speech, uh, plagiarized somebody. So uh, this is uh, this is this this isn't a small thing, especially what he brought up about Obama uh, be, with with the Harvard. Because when you look at this whole regime, it's all of Obama and his lackeys. It's all people that. Uh, are are not competent, obviously. Well, they're competent, maybe, in actually, if their if their mission is to destroy America, Mandy, because uh, we are watching some of the uh, horrific things to the Constitution. Horrific things to the Constitution being Man, done to you the mean con being done to the, to the Constitution. Jesus, Julie, you can't even say it. Well, I was able to say malevolent. Robinette. Ma you could say Robinette. Malev you can only say one big a, word in a paragraph uh, at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one big word just ruined my whole... My whole uh, but Mandy, go ahead. Take it away, Mandy. Go ahead. Take it away. Well, I, I mean, I just think this is... It exposes a laziness and an arrogance of the left. Uh, the laziness is that they're going to say the same thing over and over. And the arrogance is they don't care about plagiarism because they feel like they can get a free pass for all sorts of bad Absol behavior. Absolutely. God, man, you're great. You are absolutely well, great. This, is, this really is, for Mandy people that aren't aware, I mean, Mandy's thing, I know she was number two in the EPA with, uh, obviously, it's the EPA. But her huge thing really is the DEI stuff, which is such an important thing in the SEG, ESG. Which ESG, is so yeah. ESG, which is so important for people to understand, because Mandy, people really can't grasp their hands around what intersectionality and DEI has done well, to what this. What is intersection? It, well, well, I, I, yeah, go ahead, Mandy. Well, at at the end knows. of the day, how, how folks how folks need to think about this is ultimately this lends itself to a social credit score. So all of this started with ESG, environmental social governance, and it's mostly the E prong whereby you have corporations, well, consultants that set a metric system for how well or not a company complies 
with their standards of environmental, social, and governance. At the end of the day, it's just a leftist agenda. So how well does an existing or future company, somebody that wants to start a new business, how well does their operation align with or support the ideals of the left? And it started in corporate America, and it started with ESG. Then under the social prong, it proliferated into this DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is all which, about what, just, just, I'm sorry, which was just, just one, if I one may prong. just interrupt, just, just one prong, which might as well have been called anti-Semitism. Well, yeah, it's um, it's an excuse for racism. It's an excuse, it's an excuse for, for saying, racism. It's an excuse for, for kicking Jews out of positions and putting people who are not Jewish in those positions. Yeah, and it, it's an excuse for saying if you are a perceived oppressor, then the 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 oppressed class can do whatever they want now. Be and it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're Jewish. One of the most famously oppressed um, cultures, religions, however you want to characterize it, of the entire history of the world, but they've been designated an oppressor by virtue of the crazy DEI people. So from their perspective. Hamas was justified in the barbaric actions that they took. And it's absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely bastard uh, backwards. Um, and they are a bunch of bastards. Was, that was a, a conflagration of that. But, um, but ultimately, what it leads to for, for the everyday person, what does this lead to? If you take ESG and DEI, which right now is being applied at the corporate level and academia, how well do the presidents align with the ideals of the left? Um, and how many extra points can you get for being a, someone from the oppressed class, class, which is black or gay or LGBTQ plus whatever, um, someone who is a victim by modern day society, you can get away with anything. Ultimately, what this leads to is something called a social credit score, whereby we, the everyday citizens, will have a number assigned to us. And mm -hmm. if you are a conservative, your number's not going to be that great. If you like freedom of speech, your number's not going to be that great. I could go on and on and on. But if you are an everyday citizen who does not agree with or buy or buy by the ideals of the left, you will have a low social credit system, and that will be used to control your life in all sorts of ways. It is happening in China right now, and the left wants to import this into the United States. They started with the ESG, then they went to DEI, and the next application is the social credit score. I, I am awed, impressed, and grateful for that extraordinarily good explanation of what is uh, going wrong with America. And, and you have now laid out for us the triptych, as the auto club used to call it, um, the road that's going to lead us to oblivion as a nation. And it is just brilliant of you to lay it out so clearly for us. And we are grateful indeed. And it is heart rendering, as my wonderful wife, the world's finest being, would say. And it shows so clearly how cleverly the left has planned mm -hmm. this whole maneuver, a very complicated maneuver, so as to, at the end of the day, wake up with an America which is castrated, weak, and self-hating. With, yeah, with, with an America where the citizens either have access to spend their money or drive their car or um, buy a newspaper or whatever it is, all of that is defined by the score that you have set for the day. It's all about control. Sorry, Judah. No, no, I was going to say, I disagree with Ben. I, I agree with Ben. MAGA dittos on, on your explanation of that. 
I think it's extremely important the way you laid it out. I was telling you somebody should be laying it out sort of like that to uh, mm -hmm. uh, make things uh, easier to understand for future conservatives to, uh, and you should really be doing this and you should be giving classes on this because you really laid it out perfectly well for people beautiful, to understand. Beautiful, absolutely beautifully. And, and to the bigger picture, Ben, it's, <clears throat> it's amazing that people, we, we, we know what's going on. Mandy laid out actually what's going on, but people just like to be in denial or they're scared to be called a racist or they're scared to be called can or canceled for, for recognizing the obvious of what she's bringing up. And it's so important that she is not only bringing it up, but that so few other people are bringing it up and so few people have the courage to bring up the fact that we are on a roadmap to hell for us as a nation. It's heartbreaking, almost unbelievable that this is happening. We have to thank God that there are such young, brilliant, energetic uh, people in this country as Mandy. A hundred percent. And I want to bring up a point, though, that somebody brought up to me the other night. Uh, when we compare the left to uh, the dangers of the left, obviously, with what they've brought upon the world, uh, the only saving grace is to use the, the Nazis as an example, they were very efficient and the trains ran on schedule is my point. Yeah. And the great, the, oh, okay. A little bit. My point being is with these people, the train doesn't always run on schedule. And that's that, that, that truly is the saving grace is that because they're hiring, not on merit, but on equity, it hasn't gone as exactly according to plan right now. And as Mandy brought up and somebody brought up in the rants, big many and we brought up in the show, many big companies have dropped ESG because it's lost so much money for them. Very good, very good. Let's go. This is very, very beautifully done. Mandy Gunasekara, we are very, very grateful for you having brought it up and put it on the table so nice and clearly for us. And and I, I must say, if I may, Mr. Nixon had this very much on his mind all the time that this was something he wanted desperately to get rid of and not to allow it to become a, a basic part of the American political and uh, industrial landscape. But unfortunately, he was kicked out of office largely for this, for this sin of saying uh, the emperor has no clothes. You can call uh, a Mrs. Gay a scholar. You can call her a genius. But at the end of the day, she is a black woman who is trading on her blackness to get her, uh, so she said, her world made more and more comfortable for her and those who follow her uh, at, uh, in every possible uh, in every popular arena, possible arena. Well, extremely well said. And obviously, the next subject is there's there are people uh, are bringing up because this is obviously going to be a big Supreme Court case that's coming up uh, with uh, President Trump in Colorado. And uh, there's two things. Uh, former Ed Meese, right? That's his name. Ed Meese, uh, yes, is, bring, Ed Meese. is is bringing up to not just he he was brought in to bring up that Jack Smith, who's uh, the special counsel, I like that word special counsel, uh, to <laughs> go at to, to other otherwise known as Trump's one man hitman, is it it wasn't constitutional what they did. You can't just get a guy like this, uh, Mandy. If you understood the story I sent you a little better, feel free to to uh, if you read the story that I sent you when you asked me about the show, but go for it, Mandy. 
Well, I, I will just say this, that in this administration, um, they just create positions. They create positions for convenience. And there's either no one who has the appropriate standing or the people with the appropriate standing aren't willing to challenge uh, all of these fake positions. You think of all the czars, all of the czars that exist at the White House. Those were those are fake positions that are designed to subvert the role of Congress. Yet no one's actually challenged the establishment of these various czars. Um, and that, so you could say the same thing with the special counsel. You could say the same thing for inspector generals. Those are actually unconstitutional in my in, in my opinion, because the, it, the, there is no way for Congress to overtly delegate its oversight authority of the agency to an entity within an agency. Yet we've allowed that to happen. And so now it's a part of this this structure. And so the same thing with the with the the, the special counsel in this instance. Um, it's 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 a political position. It is a political position put in to protect the powers that be and to go after Trump, throwing everything they can at him and his family. Very, very beautifully. But where does it end? And I go back to something that we've uh, unfortunately had to carry the burden for some time now, which is to say, who guards the guards? Who guards the guard? Inquis custodia custodias. Who guards the guards? We now have a government in which the powers that be can govern themselves, and nobody's there to stop them. The, the, we would like to have the voters be able to stop them, but unfortunately, the uh, powers that be in the uh, White House and in other parts of the federal government are just not brave enough, courageous enough, strong enough, smart enough to stand up to the powers that be in the White House and say, you can't do this. You are subverting the Constitution. Yeah, we have very well said. And I brought this up the other night, Ben. I mean, so Colorado's debating. I mean, worst case scenario, they're going to go to... Uh... Uh, the caucus, uh, the caucuses as their as their primary, but the fact that uh, you know, and I'll give him credit. Is, um, no, I'm not his biggest fan. I'll give Vivek Ramaswamy credit for saying he's taking his name off the ballot. But again, it's like this is again why people can't stand prepackaged or the rhinos and DeSantis and uh, and Nikki Haley. It's like if you, if, if, this again, I say this, Ben. This isn't about Trump. It, it, it's Trump in name only. This could be any future Republican. If you don't like them, just take them off the ballot and accuse them of mm -hmm. something that they haven't even been accused of. I don't even think he's been accused of being an insurrectionist. And who, I don't even think that who is he? Trump. I don't think President Trump has ever been accused of even. So, so they're they took him off a ballot for a crime. He's he never hasn't, been. and he won't because it's all made up. Right, and so they're they're, they're, they're well, wait a minute. Oh my God, you're such an optimist, man. I love you, but uh, that doesn't stop the Democrats. They can they can you know they, they can they can charge anybody with anything. They don't. Have, no, they, have they, to, they will certainly they try. Don't have to have to be any kind of evidence of anything. Nothing. Nothing. Just call them a name and then go for it, go for it, fill in the blanks. Go call them a name and check the boxes. And then have the have the mainstream media do the hard work for you and get the general public all riled up. They will they will absolutely yes, they will keep trying. But at the end of the day, I say thank God for the US Supreme Court. I mean, that's that is still a reputable court that stands in the way of the Democrats making an absolute mockery of the judicial system and our constitution. Well, we'll see. 
I mean, we'll yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, but we'll I see. am optimistic. I'm always optimistic. I mean, and, but that's that's good. But we're we're talking about reality and to Ben's reality of what he always brings up. Fifty courts did not hear, including the Supreme Court, did not hear one one thing about election fraud or interference. Not one, it, it, not one court. They would not hear one we're case. Not one mm-hmm. case. It was astonishing. I mean, you can bring up any every lawsuit, including, of course, yours truly and our wonderful Mandy can go through cases, go through the, well, we used to have a law of books in libraries, now they have something else. And you can always find a case that a court will hear. No, not any longer, not any longer, not in the new world of politically correct judicial adventures. Now, anything the courts want to hear, they'll hear. And as to the other things, F them. You know, and you're and you raise a good point because Texas and somebody says we know Republicans don't fight back. And in Texas, where obviously they've uh, they have a case with immigration against mm-hmm. Biden, uh, I, I'm sure many cases against what Biden has done with immigration in our country. Texas has every right to say you're off the ballot and to vote. I mean, tell you, Texas legislators uh, are pretty much all Republican. And since nobody follows the law anyway. Their their state Supreme Court could could easily do the same thing to Biden. And I, and I at this point, Ben, I almost I hope they do, because if you're it, Republicans at a certain point are going to have to fight back in the ways that are being fought against them. They're just going to start to have to do it. Well, they hope we hope they do. But I mean, there are cases where they have not done. I mean, there, there have been cases in the United States, in the United States of America, where there were uh, genuine insurrectionists genuine people starting wars in within the United States of America who hated the other people in the United States of America and they got to a position where they were so powerful uh, and they'd gotten uh, the Supreme Court to be told by the White House that they could not bring certain cases. Why? Why couldn't they bring them? Because the powers that be said you can't. You can't. We say you can't. That's why you can't. We say you can't. Well said. And uh, uh, Mandy, this is uh, uh, before I want I want to move on to uh, something that Ben will love. Uh, but before before I get to that, it's is it uh, is it that uh, vanilla ice cream with caramel sauce? Exactly. It's the Dolce de Leche. Um, it's, it's mm-hmm. we'll discuss Dolce de Leche Haagen-Dazs for yes. uh, 15 minutes. And uh, it's a bit in, in, in Haagen-Dazs defense. They're still great. And uh, fairly affordable ice cream. But Mandy, uh, I got to I I really have to hope that independents and these pollings are true, that independents are being extremely turned off by these by 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 these events, because obviously the polling is terrible for Biden. Otherwise, they wouldn't have needed to kick him off uh, in Colorado. And uh, I mean, that's really probably the only reason they've done it. If if Trump is down 20 points, there's no Colorado case. I think. No, I agree. I I agree. They're scared. They are scared to death of him. And they're scared to death of the way that the polls are reflecting the fact that people see through this. They absolutely see through this. And it's having it's having the opposite effect, which has often been the case when the media or the left attacks Trump. Usually it bounces back in the opposite way that they ultimately want to and lands itself or manifests itself in the form of added support and momentum for President Trump. And you're seeing this and this exposes an absolute desperation because at the same time you have the swell of momentum 
Um, and it's just going to continue to grow of President Trump where people are just saying, leave the man alone. Let, you know, let let him let him go through the process. It's, it's getting really, really bad. Everyone knows they want him behind bars and they want him off the ballot because they know that they're ultimately going to lose to him because increasingly every day you have people seeing what's happening to President Trump. They also see that our current president, Joe Biden, he can barely walk across the room and remember where he is and what he's actually doing, which is so damaging, not just for the reputation for the office of the president, but for our standing internationally. And it's it's it, weak America turns into all sorts of international problems, the likes of which we're seeing in Russia and with Israel and potentially with China invading Taiwan. This is a very scary situation. It all has to do with strength. I had a friend at the White House when I was at the White House. He was a, a wonderful, wonderful man, Peter Flanagan, an absolutely wonderful, wonderful man. And uh, Peter and I were discussing uh, the, uh, this was uh, when, uh, I think when Mr. Ford had just recently taken office, we were discussing the defense budget. And uh, Mr. Mr. Peter M. Flanagan said, uh, it isn't really, it is, I was saying we must, 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 must spend more on defense. And he said, it really is not about how much we spend on defense. It's how much guts we have and how much guts does the Republican Party have as if do not be raising bloody hell about what's going on in the, the American political scheme. Why aren't Republicans, why aren't, why isn't the grand old party say, standing up and saying, there is no case here against these people. They are being prosecuted. They're going to be thrown in prison, some of them, anyway. Uh, and there's no case against them. We are seeing a very scary situation. The, uh, the wonderful super book, uh, 1984, ends with uh, Winston Smith, who's a hero. I guess he's not exactly. Well, he's, he's pretty much a hero. He's much, as much of a hero as there is in the book. Uh, says, tell me where and the where in, in the book uh, 1984 is to be found. Just even the words, the frighteningly obvious words, uh, where is truth? Where is truth? And where where has truth gone? Where has truth gone in the United States of America? It's a terrifying thing to think that we no longer even expect there to be truth coming out of the judicial system in the United States of America. I mean, the judicial system of the United States of America is now a joke compared to what it was just a few years ago when Mr. Trump was president. And you're completely right. And and so is the world. And a story that's just breaking is, I'm not kidding either. Uh, Hamas today had uh, thanked uh uh, Canada for their leadership, and now it was announced that Canada to to welcome citizens and extended families from Gaza. Oh God! And uh, uh, I, I'm not kidding. This isn't a a a Babylon B. Canada will take in extended families of Canadians of war torn Gaza for up to three years. Immigration Minister Mark Miller announces the move, which is due to take effect on January 9th, will allow Canadians to reunite with. Uh, spouses. Miller uh, says the aim of the policy is to change to get people safe and the humanitarian crisis has made Gaza unlivable. Ben, this is Canada. This is our next door neighbor. And Terrifying. 
frightening. But I, I hate to tell you this, some of my best friends are Canadians, and they've been saying this is coming. This has not been on its way for a long time in Canada. They don't want the truth, and they especially don't want the truth coming from Jews. You're you're exactly right, but Mandy, what's going on with the border? What's going on with Canada? I mean, what? I mean, if you're Canadian, you're asking yourselves for a death sentence. I mean, look around the. I mean, yeah. Look at Sweden. Look at England. Look at all these different. Britain, places. I mean, Britain. where ten percent of their population is Muslim, ten percent of their population is Muslim. Are you asking to be killed? I mean, yeah. to be raped, to be raped. Right. Raped, it's the astonishing thing is that these various Scandinavian countries, which were the, among the most peaceful countries in the world, among the most law-abiding, rule-of-law countries in the world, Sweden, Denmark, uh, Finland, they invited in lots and lots of Muslims, and uh, suddenly they're at the very top of the game in rapes. Why is it? Why is that happening? Why did the Canadians decide that they wanted to be at the top of the game in, in the number of rapes and percentage of women being raped? Why did the Canadians want to do that? I can only say it's a form of insanity. I, I agree with you 100%. And Mandy, what in anybody's name? I mean, listen, we have so much data and so much. I get it. You want to be politically correct. But when people say Islamophobia, it's a joke. We have we have it's real an absolute disgraceful it, joke. It, it, it's it's it, the idea that we should have an irrational fear of Islam is uh, of Islam is, is is idiotic. You're an absolute. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 we're not. We're, we're, we're Islam is not being Islamists are not being persecuted in the United States or in Canada or in any of these countries. They are violent people who are doing are scaring the daylights out of people. Who are not Islamists? I mean, this, this, where does this, where does this come from? It comes from a, a world where we say, "My enemy's enemy is my friend." Therefore, if I may say this, and perhaps I'm not getting this, expressing this clearly, uh, if there's a Jew around and he's persecuted, and he's murdered, and he's raped, or she's raped. We're not going to go say anything bad about the people who are doing this. We're going to say something bad about people who want to defend the Jews from the Islamists. They're, the people who want to defend the Jews from the Islamists, they're the criminals. You know, you're perfectly well said, 100%. And Mandy, it's like, listen, you don't care about women if you're accepting these people in your country. You don't care about the safety of your women, of your children, of your culture, if you're accepting this many, this culture into your, they don't adapt. Now, everybody's always constantly saying it's the country's fault. They don't adapt. Right. Mm -hmm. it, 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 this is the argument made in every in in all these countries. It's the country's fault. At a certain point, you got to look at what's the common thread in all those countries. And maybe it's the people that aren't assimilating. The, the Arab world doesn't even want to take in Gazans because they see how exactly radicalized right. they are. Exactly right. They 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 see what what was it was it um oh my god was it Syria that they moved into um anyway wherever they go uh, death and destruction follows and it's not because of their surroundings it's what they bring with them the Arab world understands this and it is it's it is very concerning that you have Western leaders 
that want to prioritize their distorted view of political correctness over a basic tenet of governance and responsibility, which is keeping the citizens of your country safe. And exactly they continue- right. Exactly right. Exactly right. In Canada, people who run Canada are probably among the stupidest, most self-destructive people in the world. Why? Why are they doing this to their own people? Why are they doing this to the people of Canada who are some of the very finest, most hardworking, intelligent people in the world? Why are they yeah. saying to the, to the Arabs, come in here and rape? We're here. We're here. We're ready for you. Come here and rape. We're here for your queers. And uh, <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. Yeah, I live they, in they, West Hollywood. <laughs> Live, I hear you're live. Yeah. In West live, live in West, well, not just here in West Hollywood. You're live in West Hollywood, and no, Ben, it's it, it. It people just don't. I mean, how much do you need to see? I mean, what does it take? And I guess death. I guess sleeper cells blowing stuff up. I guess women being raped, murders, all these things. I get, and even then, that doesn't change it, Ben, because they excuse it. They excuse it, and it happened in Germany, Germany recently, where where a bunch of gang rapists from uh, some Muslim country were let go, were let go, and the judge's ruling was because essentially it wasn't their fault. It 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 just what it wasn't their fault. They 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 haven't been. You have to be more clear, cousin. Uh, they, they, their, their uh, assimilation process. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to recollect the article correctly in my brain, so I don't misspeak about it. But it, essentially, it was this is their culture, and uh, that was sort of the defense of letting them out. It was. Well, they, then why on earth? Why on earth do they let in people into a country like Canada, a civilized that, country? If that's if they know if they know in advance that that's their culture. They know in advance that their culture is about rape. Not so not too cool. Not too cool. No, one hundred percent. Mandy, final word on this one before I get to Ben's uh, uh his favorite thing. Well, I I think of two things. One, Canada is a nation ultimately of pacifists. That's why they have the king or the queen of England still on their money. They always find an excuse to justify the bad things going on in the world so they can just go along to get along. And it's unfortunate that they have someone um, Trudeau, who's at the, the that's you know in charge of their country, who's not only a pol- an apologist for Western success, but he's of this skewed globalist mentality, thinking that the world could just live in kumbaya if we open it up and accept everyone. And it also exposes an arrogance of some Western thought that people who think totally different, Hamas doesn't think like the West does. Literally, their existence is to eradicate Israel. And and there's no changing that. But the and, arrogance and, and of the West of is if we just too. bring them in, we can change them. Yes. And and they're representative of, of quite a few others. And then the other point too is is that no, they don't care about women. Women or minorities or whatever, um, whatever prop the left wants to use to make a point, they will use that to make a point and throw the person at the end of the day under the bus for their crazed ideology. That is very, very well said. And how on earth is this country, America, going to survive in a world in which everybody else is about killing and raping? And why? Why? Do, why are we? Why are we going to think we're going to escape scot free? We're going to escape scot free, and you guys will go ahead and rape everyone you feel like raping, and we'll uh, just stand there 
and look at you uh, and uh, whistle. No, you're well, completely. The, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and the, the the only way the only way to fight that is to is to fight it. It's not to say, hey, come into my country and we'll accept you, and then maybe you'll have a better view of the world. That's just inviting that violence into your country. The only way to stop it is to literally fight back in the way that Israel is actually doing. Yes, and of course, and for that, for that, Israel gets kicked in the teeth, called every kind of name in the book. Your humble servant lies in bed every night with my wife, the world's finest human being, and we watch about the Holocaust, and we watch about the unbelievable violence and cruelty of the Nazis, and then we see that what what did the world, how did the world respond to that? The world responded to that by saying it was the Jews' fault. It was the Jews' fault, and we're going to take in lots of these Nazis, and we're going to have, have them uh, here in our country, in Argentina or Brazil or Paraguay or wherever it was, and we're, they're going to have a hell of a great time here with us, and we're going to say welcome home, uh, Abdul and, and Fayez and other uh, Arabs. Welcome home to your home, your real home. I mean, it's amazing as most people don't know that. And that's why when it is it, you pronounce it Milai or Milly, uh got appointed just now as the head of uh, Argentina. It's it really, as people say, it's a world that's turned upside down, that they have this uh, Israeli loving uh, person as the head of their country of Argentina. And uh, Mangala and people like that would be rolling over in their graves because those countries, those places, Ben, were so accommodating to Nazis. And really, there was only one place other, not even in America, that was uh, extremely accepting of Jews. And people don't many people don't know this, which was Japan. And the Japanese, the Japanese, I think, starting in 1918, realized that there was a huge problem going on. And most of their uh, heads wanted to build. And it was they 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 saw uh, it was uh, they they saw a uh, utility in having Jews, uh, many Jews living, and they saved a lot of Jews during the Holocaust. And uh, there was a book written about it, calling it the Fugu Plan. And uh, it's I, I encourage everybody to read that book called the Fugu Plan because it's a pretty cool thing in history that a lot of people do not realize. And uh, on the other hand, let's let's uh, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, the, the Japanese were unbelievably sadistic and cruel to many, many cultures, including cultures that they captured and to American prisoners of war and to Japanese, I'm sorry, to, to Canadian and British prisoners where they're unbelievably brutal and cruel. So they, they are hardly a model to be emulated in every regard. On the other hand, they are not so dumb and they're certainly not cowards. Uh, so they have a simple rule. We don't admit Muslims. I was going to say that and they have the Muslim we just, free zone. We just, we, we just don't allow it into our country. 100%. And the last thing I wanted to uh, is Maine was forced to delay their vote on the electric vehicle mandate amid widespread power outages. And this is something nobody ever really brings up. And especially when you live in a state like California, I know this is uh, one of Mandy's favorite topics about, about electric <laughs> vehicles. What does happen if there is a power outage? And uh, listen, we've had we have tons of power outages. We sometimes have rolling blackouts here. Uh, there are blackouts. What are people going to do? I mean, what do you do, Ben? And this is something nobody discusses. Uh, I don't understand the wanting to get off of oil. I, I just don't understand it. It has saved humanity, as you've often brought up. It's the milk and honey. 
And it's I don't understand for the life of me, Ben, wanting to get off something that we know is true, tried and tested and works. Well, it's, it's because I think it has a lot to do with just plain ignorance on the part of the anti-fossil fuel people who just don't understand how the world works and that they la- they don't understand that the power to power electricity has to come from somewhere. I mean, when you're when you've got a giant world of, of seven or eight billion people. Uh, they need electricity. It's not going to come out of uh, wind-powered turbines. I would love for everyone to go with me and Judah down to the desert, to our house in the desert, and watch the wind farms between, uh, say, Riverside and uh, Palm Springs. And what you see is lots and lots of empty windmills not doing anything but absorbing tax credits for the lawyers who put them together. That's not such a great thing to do. We don't want to be throwing away our taxpayers' money by the billions, uh, although we do it anyway. Uh, let, let's think about this. Do we want to really do this? Where is the electricity going to come from to power these wind farms? The wind farms don't power themselves. They are powered by burning oil or burning gas. The wind farms are a an energy trap not an energy supplement, they're an energy trap. And this is something that's going to have to eventually be dealt with. And I don't think it's going to be for a very long time. Ben, great point. And Mandy, we were were driving down to the desert and and Ben fell asleep for a second. And I said, Ben, you got to see this as we're driving through, because what is it, about 20 miles of wind? How, how, I mean, good guesstimate. I've driven by it. I know what you're talking about. There's about 10 to 15 miles of windmills. And I was like, none of them are going. Mm-hmm. There might have been a few that were spinning around, but none of the windmills, Man- Mandy, were going. Well, th- yeah. that's the thing with wind and with solar. Solar to a lesser extent. Solar is actually much more efficient than wind uh, from a from a productivity perspective. But it only works when the wind is blowing. I don't know who decided to build windmills in the desert. Um, that that seems like a better place for a solar panel. But setting all that aside. The other thing about wind is it tends that most of the wind blows at night when people don't actually need it. And the reality of our energy grid, even today with all the technology, it's still very, it, it is a tight margin between demand and being able to meet that demand with real-time supply. It's very tight margins because we don't have storage capacity. Once storage capacity is figured out, that will be great. But if you talk to any of the scientists who are in the physical world, the physics physical world, they will tell you that storage from using batteries to store energy um, to continue to run the modern life we're all accustomed to, it's it's not realistic without some crazy energy breakthrough, which we haven't seen. So it, it just exposes this, this being shut down in Maine, back to the story, it's symbolic of the stupidity of this push towards wind and solar and electric vehicles. You're you're forcing people to drive a car that's going to require more electricity while you are systematically shutting down the very power sources we need to not only maintain current energy, but provide the energy growth that we know is going to, to occur, especially with increased EV usage that increased energy usage will be two to three times greater than what we're dealing with today. But because of the stupidity and this forced timeline to push more wind and solar onto a grid when they are ill-equipped because they are 
just blatantly an inferior technology. It's creating all these ridiculous problems that could easily be avoided if, if people would step aside from ideology and let the engineers take back over our energy grid and re, re, reinstate it to the greatness it was just a few years ago. That is a well, well, well taken point, madam. The, uh, yes, we expect a, well, I said, we expect these windmills to be powered by ideology. I sorry, mm -hmm. Or as I said to yeah. Judah, as they were driving down through Palm Springs, uh, we expect them to be powered by fees for lawyers who pay for the deals. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't work that way. It has to be paid for by generating electricity. And that's not going to happen for a very long time. I worked when I was working for President Nixon on proposals to have uh, wave wave energy uh, generate enough energy to uh, power this great country for an unlimited amount of time. That's a great idea. It would be wonderful, except also you can't really count on waves being at any certain level. Yes, waves will be there. Waves are, are a very good, consistent source of energy. But will they be there all the time? Will they be there enough time? to power the whole country, to power the whole America, to power the whole of the hemisphere. Uh, doesn't look like it so far. Well said, both of you. And uh, again, I want to uh, just uh, before we close up shop, I want to remind people that Ben, his new book is really brilliant and okay, it's called The Peacemaker. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing this up at the end is because uh, I maybe I romanticize a time that wasn't where but there seem to be uh, pragmatists on a few of in, 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 different parties had different pragmatists in their parties. It wasn't always red and blue. And Ben hasn't always been red and blue. He calls balls and strikes and he agrees with people when he agrees with them and he disagrees with people when he disagrees with them. And I have to really give props once again to John Fetterman, the senator from the great state of Pennsylvania. Uh, I am extremely grateful that Oz did not win and Fetterman has been extremely pro-Israel and he's been extremely pro the border as far as securing it. And he's been extremely pro his own state with steel and making steel in his own state. And uh, what I, I thought was crazy, I don't care if everybody in the Senate wears a hoodie, as long as they are a person like uh, John Fetterman, who seems to be a man of conviction and uh, and have a, a good moral compass. And I have to admit, Ben, I was 100 percent wrong on this guy and he might prove me wrong one day. And there's going to be issues I don't agree with him on. But that's OK. You're OK to not have to agree with everybody in every issue. But he cares about his state. He cares about Israel. and He cares about the border. Three pretty damn big and issues. And he's smart. He's damn smart. I mean, he, he, as you as you so kindly said about me, he calls balls and strikes, and he calls balls and strikes, and he says well, this whole energy uh, energy project of uh, killing reliable sources of energy and making us depend on unreliable sources of energy. That that's an incredibly brave thing for him to do, and we admire him. Yeah, a hundred percent, Mandy. Final thoughts, and there is something very admirable about this guy. There really is, and. Uh... It's. I, I, I wish there were more Republicans like him, Mandy. Well, I, I would say that courage is so rare in the halls of Congress when it actually shows itself, whether from a Democrat or a Republican. It is a very nice thing to see. It's a wonderful thing to see. And Not on that note, nice, I, wonderful. Yeah, no, it, it, no, Ben, it's, it's incredible. And I'm trying to think in your time, 
or days back, what there was more. It's my of time right now, my friend. But but <laughs> growing up, twenty years ago, wasn't there wasn't there more of this, or is that just an illusion, or is that something we just like to think that some of these people used to be a little bit better? I think uh, we we I, I don't know we we always had a lot of bullshit in Congress. Oh, always was. It was that. It was. It was never uh, run uh, smoothly or honestly. On that note, I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. I want to thank everybody out there. I want to thank Mandy Gunasaker for taking time out of her extremely busy schedule. She is traveling all over and was more than excited to do this tonight. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Mandy Gunasaker. How do people find you, Mandy Gunasaker, other than the twenty twenty five project? Yeah, Project 2025. Um, I'm just a part of a bigger project, but go check that out if you want to see what the plan is for the next conservative administration. You can follow me on Truth at Mandy.Gunasekera or on Twitter at MississippiMG. There you are. And of course, we have to thank our man, the only person that gets Benjamin Jeremy Stein, is us. And we are blessed on the world, according to Ben Stein. And you can find them at spectator.org or you can find them at truth, which spectator.org is American spectator. And of course, Newsmax. And I want to thank him again. I want to thank you all again. And Ben Stein, take us out however you'd like. I'd like to take you out by saying my wife's father, Colonel Dale Denman Jr. of Prescott, Arkansas, and his brother, uh, Bob, uh, also from Prescott, both, major, major decorated heroes of war, wars, World War II, uh, the uh, Korean War, Vietnam War. Uh, these are people, the kind of people that we admire. They didn't run away. They didn't uh, hide. They didn't uh, call on any kind of uh, moral principle to excuse whatever they were doing. They just went out and fought for America. We can never have enough of these people in America. We must be thankful to our Lord God who has provided us with these people. Well said. And on that note, I just want to, somebody uh, emailed during the show and wrote, uh, Mandy, what a charming, I'm assuming they're talking about you and not me, what a charming, articulate, politically savvy young lady. And uh, that's from <laughs> Patriot17. I assume that compliment goes to you. On that note, I want to th thank everybody again. Thank you. And say God bless you all. God bless this great country, the United States of America. God bless Israel. And God bless the people all over. And, uh, may, and may people come to their senses. Thank you all. Ben? Thank you and good night. And Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas yeah, to Merry one Christmas. and all. And uh, Merry Christmas. And God bless the peacemakers. God bless the peacemakers. And Ben Stein, really, by the way, I just got to say, he has the best Christmas piece out there of all time. It gets passed around every year. I believe it was from CBS Sunday morning and people for people have it transcribed was. it. It's absolutely the greatest uh, thing about that. Everybody should read about Christmas. And, and there's nothing better than hanging out with Ben Stein around these times of year and watching him wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a happy new year and never be scared to say that to anybody you live in america so you should never be scared about saying that and god bless you and on that note thank you all we will see everybody god willing on saturday night and god bless you mandy you are red hot tonight as you always are